0: everyone welcome back to a brand new episode of tea with janae i'm your host janae Kirshner of brooklyn view photography and i'm super excited that you guys are here tea with janae is where we give real advice tangible tips and thoughtful insight about what it's really like to be a wedding photographer so i'm super pumped for this week's episode because i'm chatting with my friend jose Rolone of jose Rolone events and we have a really fun conversation about what it's like to work with a luxury wedding planner. Um, how do you break into the luxury market? And Jose dishes is all about the Engage conference. So it's really, really fun and a great episode. So a little bit about Jose is that he is a New York City-based luxury wedding planner with a chill vibe and his design aesthetic has made him one of the top rising planners in New York City. He also has a really cool web series called The Wedding Buzz that he mentions towards the end of the episode, and I know you guys are going to love it. So a few things to announce before we begin is that I'm thrilled to let you guys know that you can now book a one-on-one coaching call with me. Yay! It's very exciting. I found that photographers were reaching out to me asking for more help, and I'm really excited to offer this um, one-on-one coaching experience. So what happens is I find out your pain points, the things that you're concerned about, things that aren't working in your business, and uh, after I get that information, I create an in-depth, detailed action plan for you, and we work on it together during your call. My students are already seeing success, and I'm so excited for them, and I can't wait to help you guys even more. So there are limited sessions each month and you can visit www.teawithjanae.com to find out more information. Also, if you like today's show, I would love for you to leave us a review on whichever platform you're listening on because this will help new listeners find us and I would really appreciate it. So if Apple podcasts seem to be the most popular, you guys can just click over there after the show and leave us a couple of Uh, kind words and five stars and let everyone know that you love today's show also be sure to visit us at www.teawithjanae.com to read our latest blog post join our newsletter and our super fun facebook group hope to see you guys in there so grab a cup of tea and enjoy the show Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm so excited. We have Jose on the line. Can you say hi?
1: Hello, hello. How's everyone doing? Um,
0: We we are good. We're so excited to have you here. So um, before we get started, let's introduce you to our listeners. Tell them a little bit about you, your company, and how you got started.
1: All right, let's jump right in. Um, I'm Jose Rolone of Jose Rolone Events, and I've been in the business for almost 10 years. Um, I got my start when I started working at the foundry in Long Island City in 2010, after I got married there and worked there for a couple of years and cultivated these really amazing relationships with the best of the best vendors that went through there. And then I launched on my own in 2013. And it's been phenomenal. It's been incredible ever since. So um yeah it's been a wild ride I love it
0: <laughs> that's awesome I love the foundry actually I have a wedding there this weekend so that's so funny
1: <laughs> yeah I was just I was just there on Saturday so you know for me whenever I have a wedding there it's always like going back home for me and uh, I I love love the girls that that run it and it's a family-owned business and they're like family to me so it, it always feels good to go back there
0: yeah totally so so you've been on your own doing your own business since 2013 that's incredible
1: yeah, it's kind of crazy. I launched the same month that my son was born, so uh, he was born in two, March two thousand March twenty eighth two thousand and thirteen, uh, and I launched in the beginning of March. So it was it was there was a lot going on, but uh, it was it was well worth it.
0: Oh, that's awesome!
1: Well, I'm yeah. so
0: excited that you're here. I think we've got such a great topic to talk about because we've had a couple planners on the show. Well, we haven't cool. a- we haven't actually talked about this topic, which is about working with luxury wedding planners, which I think is really interesting. So I'm really excited that you're here.
1: Well, why am I on this podcast? You're talking to the <laughs> wrong planner. <laughs> just right. give me some, just give me some mason jars. And so no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
0: <laughs> you want some burlap? We got it. We'll give it I want you.
1: burlap. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about luxury wedding planners. Like how, what do you consider to be a luxury wedding?
1: You know, it's interesting. This question comes up a lot. And uh, its I think it means different things to different people. And I think, I think one of the things to consider is that living in New York City, we are in our own bubble, right? I think that what we may not consider luxury is probably considered luxury in, I don't know, Idaho, Iowa. Why do we always pick those two states? <laughs> um, but, you know, I think... To me, that's a bit of a tough question, but I mean, if we're, I think obviously budget has a lot to do with it. I think that, you know, I I could only speak for New York City, maybe LA, Miami, but, you know, I think if you have anything less than 100K, you're not even considered, you know, to have, to be in sort of the luxury side of weddings. Um, I think that when you're able to, um, I think when you're able to have pretty much everything that you want for your wedding, uh, you know, instead of a, you know, but he, here's the thing, even with 100K, sometimes you're still even compromising on the things that you want. I, I kind of look at wedding planning as, as looking at New York real estate, right? So, you know, you could have this gorgeous venue, big venue, but you're staring at a brick wall or you're staring, you know, you have the most amazing view but your, you know, your venue is not such a great, maybe not the best venue. Um, and even sometimes at 100K, you might, there might be certain things that you want. But guess what? A DJ is 2,500 and a band is 15K minimum. So you end up sort of compromising, um, you know, compromising what you're full Uh, dream list is but if you really want your if you want to consider luxury wedding it's really kind of being able to have whatever you want Um, I think that's that's one part of it and I think the other is being able to give your guests the experience that you want to give them right and you know whether if it's you know being able to give them a band or give them entertainment have you know uh, you, you know if you want to have a bunch of rollerbladers come in and do a performance (laughs) (laughs) of course or I mean who knows you want to roll up in a horse whatever it is um if if you have your dream wedding of being able to give your couples the experience that they want from beginning to end without thinking too much about expense then I, I I would consider that a luxury wedding
0: yeah yeah I agree I think um going into the higher bracket, a luxury wedding. Also, you know, I think it's all about the attention to detail and sort of what, you know, you can do and making, you know, maybe more luxurious welcome gifts or well or goodie bags or table settings and I mean sort of just no holds bar, I think. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it, it's true yeah but you know I, I consider i mean but you could probably do a lot of those things at a pretty low budget right i mean you could get some flip-flops at you know lots for less and you know get a basket at Bed Bath and beyond and you know you could sort of create these crafty you know dyi situations and and have some of those items that you have for luxury weddings um so I don't know. It, 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 it is tricky. I do think that, you know, being able to have, I think, I think if you were to go anywhere else, like for example, having a wedding planner is considered luxury, right? Yeah, I think a lot of people totally. don't have wedding planners um, here. It's kind of like, why don't you have a wedding planner? Um, and that's not necessarily considered luxury in New York city. It's kind of a given. Um, right. So it really, it really does depend on you know what part of the world you're sitting in.
0: Yeah, and also what's important to you. I feel like whenever... As a wedding photographer, when I work with couples who have a wedding planner, the luxury is like there's no stress for them because it's on you guys. You know what I mean? I feel like that's the really the luxury part about it. It's worth the investment. And I always recommend to my clients to think about if they don't have a planner to get a planner because, you know, you guys are really invaluable.
1: Yeah. No, thank you. And, you know, I stopped doing day of service a long time ago because, you know, I, I think day of is part of the language. And so people are still seeking out day of planners, but it never is day of. And so, you know, I always think at bare minimum, you should have a partial planner, though, I think the problem with having a day of planner is that they're inheriting um, something that could be unpredictable. Um, And it actually, I think sometimes when you're a day of person, you end up probably bothering the the couples more than you should uh, the day of because or maybe other vendors than then you need to because you're still trying to you know put some of the pieces together I mean I don't know I think I'm I'm not a fan of 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 day of I think it might work for some people but for me I'm not I'm a bit of a control freak on the day of I'm not a control freak in other areas of the wedding planning world but in that area it's like I want to know everything and I want all the pieces long before your wedding day
0: yeah. Well, you don't want to walk into a mess.
1: You don't. You don't want. You don't <laughs> you want know? to walk into a mess. And I, I've I've walked into a couple. It's not. It's it's yeah. not cute.
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Not fun. Definitely not. So, how did you like break into the luxury market?
1: Um, well, you know, I think, you know, I think starting at the foundry was really great for me because I think that, you know, with most planners when they first start out, for them, it's doing a lot of, you know, it's there's a lot of networking to be had. And I think for me, because the foundry was considered, it still is considered one of the coolest places to get married. I do think some of the best vendors go through there. And so to be able to have those relationships already before launching my business with what I consider to be some of the best caterers and forests um, that already set me up powerfully. So I think that um, being able to just cultivate those relationships with um, you know, it's like, I i feel grateful that I'm rubbing elbows with, you know, Marcy Bloom and David Beam. And, and you know, I just met Brian Raffinelli, and we connected um, Troy Williams. I mean, I think uh, being on their radar, and they, they know that I exist, I think that ends up sort of elevating yourself to a place where you're being referred clients with higher budgets. And I think, um, you know, as I've built up my portfolio over the years, you can see where it's continued to slowly elevate. And, um, and I I think clients are seeing that and they're, and I'm attracting some more of those, you know, higher end uh, clients. So I, and I, I think also I'm, I'm realistic about how, I'm, I also am pretty good about weeding out clients where we may not be the best fit. So, for example, if you go to my website and on my contact page, there's a price point there that you have to when you're filling out your name, I have a budget section. You can't hit click send until you fill that out. And it's a drop down menu and it starts with minimum of one hundred k. And it goes all the way up to a million, right? So you have to just click on one of those so that when a client tries to reach out to me, if they have, let's say, a budget for 30K and they look at that drop down menu, they probably already know we're not the best fit.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And they can like, can we make it work? It's like, well, do you have 70 more thousand
1: dollars? Maybe? I know. That's the thing. <laughs> and, and I don't feel comfortable taking on clients that don't have a big budget just because not not for what I can or can't do, but you know if your budget's 30 you know 30 40k and i'm taking half of that or, or you know even if it's a quarter of that for partial i don't feel right doing that to you as a as a couple so it just it doesn't make sense
0: right yeah no i agree i get that a lot people like we we love your work but we can't afford you and i'm like oh i'm so sorry but you know you you've been doing like you you and i have actually started the same year i was in 2010 and then um you know it's just you have so much experience like you can't go backwards you know what i mean
1: yeah i mean you you try not to go backwards right you try to you know uh but also i th- i also think the key is to not get cocky as well right like sort of right. you know what what i've been going by that i think for the most part has worked for me is you know don't get cocky and stay likable <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know i cuz i think i love it well i think once you get cocky i think that it shows up and i think um And and I and I can I can tell you like honestly I think one year I did get cocky because I was like booking like crazy and I thought like oh man things going great I'm like the shit people like me awesome and then I started turning down couples uh, in the beginning for the in the beginning of the following year because I thought oh well you know my client they'll they'll come and I'll book enough and so. I'm going to turn this couple down, turn that couple down. And then that year ended up being a bad year for me. It was like, a, it was like a dip for me. And so, you know, I've realized like, you know, don't, don't get cocky because I think you know we're all in a, we're in a small business. And so, you know, no matter what, you're going to have your ups and downs and your dips. And so I, the key is to not get cocky.
0: Yeah. I love that. That's a really good takeaway. And I think for wedding photographers too, it's, you definitely uh, – you have to read the market, you yeah. know, like if people – if you're booking, you can raise your prices. But then if you stop booking, you know, it could be time to go back down. And there's no shame in that. I feel like a lot of people get caught up like, oh, I have to lower my prices. Everyone's going to see it because on your website. It's like nobody cares. You have to run your business. Like it's okay. Yeah, I don't think people <laughs> are good. paying that
1: much attention. You know what I mean? And, yeah, and no, they're not. I, I don't know how – I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you photographers do it because you guys – in my opinion, you guys have got it the worst than any other vendor category. Uh, I think, I think we're really in a moment now where the market is really saturated um, with planners and videographers and uh, cake. I mean, everything. Um, and I think you guys have got it the worst. You guys got a really, yeah. really hustle.
0: Yeah, no, it, you're a hundred percent right. It's hard. It's big. It's getting harder and harder. And you know, I think it's an interesting point because it's like, how, you know, how do you stand out in a saturated market? And I think, the, I don't know. I mean, the, the best advice is to be yourself and shine through as much as you can. Yeah. But it also comes down to, you know, there are people who want to be where, you, where we are, where you are, and they will undercut you. And, it, you lo- you know, I lose a lot of weddings to people who are, who are just starting out and will charge nothing for everything. I
1: know, and it shows. It shows, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: yeah it does yeah well you get what you pay for i mean i've had i don't know about for you but for me with clients old past you know people who didn't hire me will come back and want to do a session because they were so unhappy with their wedding photos so like we made a big mistake well i don't know what to tell you. you know what i mean i feel bad but yeah so for wedding photographers listening you know how can we break into the luxury market
1: um i i think this might this might surprise some folks but nobody really wants to do freebies, but I think I, I've seen this happen with a couple of photographers' breakthrough, which is like they, they say yes to everything. And this might, you know, there's a lot of investment there, but, you know, I'll, like Alan Zepeda, Philip Van Nostrand, I feel like they, they in the last few years, have really broken into the luxury market because you know, they'll reach out to everyone and say, hey, if you want some detailed shots from your wedding outside of what the photographer hired is gonna provide, I'll show up early and I'll take some detailed shots of your stuff. Um, you know, he did that with Ovando recently for the Vera Wang event. Um, and 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 he's, for me, I feel like Philip is all over the place because he's allowed that space in his calendar to say yes to everything and people are seeing him everywhere. And people are starting to hire him for all of this. Like now he travels all over taking these amazing photographs of these incredible weddings. And it's because he's allowed himself to be really visible and has been able to go to these networking events to, to stand out, right? So I think you know that's one strategy that I've seen that, that works. Um, and I know we're probably gonna talk about Engage as well. Uh, but you know, that, that's just another thing because that's, that's for everyone in the industry who are looking to elevate their business, especially, you know, we're talking about luxury market. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's really just getting yourself out there and just being visible. Uh, I think, you know, some photographers, what they end up doing is they end up having their personality show up on on the wedding day. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have a personality. You absolutely should. But for me, a great photographer is when you see them shine at network networking events, you know, when they're, they're, they're having great communication with, with everyone around them. They're, they're really showing their true selves. They're, they're having a good time. They're having fun. That's what people are connecting with. But then on the wedding day, I think it's really good to have a photographer who is a little bit really like you put your personality down a little bit and you just really shine through kind of uh, not I wouldn't say you don't want to you don't want to be invisible, but you're just you're you're I was gonna say coasting. That's a bad word, too. But you're not (laughs) coasting, but you're really just blending in, you know, and I think it's the same with wedding planners, too. I think when it's wedding planners that are. All about themselves like it's it's such it's i don't want to name names but there's wedding planners out there where it's it's their show it's about them and i think you know i've got a pretty big personality i show up where, wherever i show up i'm i'm being me but on wedding day i have a reputation for being really calm and chill And I mean, I've been accused of being on drugs before on wedding day. Yeah. Like, are, are, are you, are you on something? Because that just went down and you're like, so cool, calm and collected. But that's what I do on wedding day. Like, it's not about me. It's about my couples and just making sure everyone's having an incredible experience. And to me, that's a sign of a really great photographer too, is just being aware that you're part of a team environment and it's not about them. And, you know, they're not like consuming the timeline or eating up the timeline, which sometimes happens.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, I love the first tip about being more visible and making yourself available um, to others. And I feel like that's actually kind of how I got into the wedding photography business, like with connections. Like I went, I used to go to um, the wedding shows and take pictures of people's tables and I would just email, email that I would say hello. And then I would email them after like, here's some photos for you. And then slowly that started to be like, hey, we have this gig or we're doing a styled shoot. And, you know, I'm not recommending people do that, but way back in the day that's what I did. It sounds like sort of that's a great, you know, being just making yourself available to people and like introducing yourself. How do you think like a photographer like myself or somebody listening could should introduce themselves to you and say, Hey, if you need extra pictures, you know um, let me know like would you want a cold call or would you have, want to have met them in person first
1: I I'm not I'm not a fan of cold calls personally because I feel pressure <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I feel like you know I, I, I you know what I have done recently is I've been really transparent with photographers I think um, what's been challenging is as wedding planners Photographers take on a lot more weddings than wedding planners take on weddings. So, you know, where I take on between 15 and 20 weddings a year, some photographers will take up to maybe 50 weddings a year, which to me is insane. But um, so let's say I have 15 weddings. Let's say 10 of those are full planning. Then I have five partial. Those five partial, they probably already have a photographer. Now I have 10 weddings. And sometimes it's really challenging to recommend photographers that I already work with and that I already recommend because you sort of see this trend in the market happening now where I've had some clients come to me already with a photographer in mind based on them going down a, you know, a Pinterest K hole or, you know, going through like Instagram and they're like, they just kind of like this photographer who's based in LA who took this really great, you know, shot of someone running in a field and, you know, which absolutely cannot be duplicated in New York City, but they love that photographer, so they want them. And, you know, so it's, it's this weird space that we're in, in our industry. Not only are we just being saturated, but we're also, clients are coming to us with certain photographers in mind. So then I, so then already I only have maybe, let's say five, six, seven uh, times I can recommend a photographer, and it's hard to get new photographers in. So when a new photographer introduces themselves to me, it's challenging because I'm trying to I'm trying to hook up the photographers that I already work with. And so I often will say exactly that. I'm pretty transparent about it. Um, but you know, obviously in the future, if there's something that I think where we might be a good fit, then um, then you know I'll reach back out. Uh, but I think in terms of, you know, how can you sort of break in with wedding planners? I mean, you do. I think I, I you do want to offer your services. I had one reach out recently for headshots. Um, I, think, I think photographers might just need to think a little bit outside of the box because I do have headshots and I do have other photographers that I... The photographers that I work with have already offered me free headshots, right? right. So how can you you know what's a good way, you, you know what You know what gets photographers in my back pocket? I know this is going to sound really lame, but I'm just going to go for it because why not? And people want to hear the truth is when they know you personally, when, when a photographer comes up to me and says, hey, I see that you have three kids. I would love to take, I would love to do a family portrait with you and your kids. That is amazing. Like like to have a photographer offer like personal photos of my personal life with my children you know, when I'm so used to not being able to take pictures with them, because I'm usually the ones taking pictures. um, That's kind of really um, incredible. And through that experience of being with me and my family, then we also get to know each other, because it's such a personal experience. And then that a relationship really truly grows from there. And I think that, you know, if photographers were not just to make it all about business, but, you know, see what their personal interests are. Um, you know, maybe this wedding planner has another side hobby, you know, maybe they like building model cars. I don't know why you would, but some, some people are <laughs> into that sort of thing, but what, you know, what, if what if that wedding planner does like building model cars? Hey, let me take some really great images of the cars that you're, you're building that 56 Chevy. I'll, I'll, I'll take some photos of that. You know, it's, it's kind of like tapping into what people are interested personally, I think. And I think that might be a good way of tapping in. I don't know.
0: Yeah. No, I I think that's a great tip. I think going beyond the headshots or social media posts or, you know, offering things that you, they want to hang in their home or they want to share with their family. I think that's a great tip. So you mentioned engaged and I really want to talk about this because this has been on my list and I think I'm definitely going to go next year, but I know you, I know you just went and I want to, you know, it's marketed to, uh, towards the luxury market. It's a wedding photography like a wedding conference not a photographer conference but maybe you can explain about it and like share your thoughts you know is it worth the investment because it's a big investment like I want to hear
1: well look I'm still it's been what a few weeks a couple weeks I don't even know at this point but I'm still buzzing you know I'm still vibrating from it um you know to be able to go to you know we've been hearing about it for years uh and it's been on my radar for a little bit, but I think with my kids, you know, my son is six, my girls are five. So, you know, I think the last few years didn't necessarily make sense because my kids were too little. And for viewers listening that don't know me, I'm a single father. So, um, so that was really challenging for me. So now I just got to a place both personally and in my business where, okay, now's the time. Let me just, let me just do it. It's look, it's expensive. It's $3,600 to go to one of these things. That's not cheap. Um, and I, you know, by the time, you know, I said to someone before, by the time you make it back home, you know, hung over on, you know, stateside, you've dropped 5k easily between room and board, uh, you know, eating and the plane and all that stuff, like you're, you're dropping 5k. But my guarantee to whoever goes, you're going to make that back like three times over because, and for me, I feel like that's a guarantee that I can make if you're smart about it. If you go in and you play the game properly, you know, you get these really incredible main speakers. You had Marcy Bloom this year who totally slayed it. Um, she was really funny. Uh, you also have like these really great breakout sessions where it gets a little bit more um, to the nitty gritty, whether if it's, you know, how to better finance, how, how to be- how to better deal with your financial Uh, the finances in your business, um, how to have a better work environment, how to communicate with your, with your employees, how to show up better. Um, There's so much takeaway. I mean, I was taking notes like crazy and, you know, I made it back here and I ended up, you know, taking these notes and creating a presentation out of it. Um, I got that tip from Erica from Tinsel who did the same thing. And uh, who's done it the last couple times? So you really do walk away feeling empowered. Um, it's not just, of course, it is a massive party, right? Like you, there's no question about it. You're going to these parties. You're drinking. It's everything is going till two in the morning because you. Re- there's a there's a after party after the party, and then there's an after after party after the after party, and <laughs> it's insane. And the the key that I learned very quickly was pace yourself. You know, it's okay to just walk away from everything for 20 minutes and just go to your room and just be by yourself and have a glass of water. But like the key is to pace yourself, even during the day, during, you know, the main talks and the breakout sessions, I was scheduled for six breakout sessions, but I missed one in the middle on purpose because I just needed to get away and have a break. That to me is the key to engage um, but be fully present. And everybody, everybody that was there from, you know, Michelle Rago, uh, Brian Raffinelli, everybody was really approachable because um, you do feel like you're all of a sudden part of a, an extended family. And you've known some of these people for uh, for a while. Um, but to be in that, it's kind of like camp, right? You end up just getting to know people a lot quicker than you would in, in outside of camp. And that's what it felt like. And it really did feel... Like I, everybody welcomed me with open arms and felt, um, I felt really comfortable there. And so I, so I've already, I've already booked two weddings off of Engage and that was three weeks ago when we had it, but it was through, you know, connecting with this person to this person who couldn't take a wedding. And so I'll take, I'll take that wedding. Like I, I, I spent 5k at Engage and I've already profited 10. Wow. So right. so for me anybody who wants to go to engage I think that's the you know that's the way to go.
0: Yeah and then what, what about like connecting with people like following up and and being top of mind like how how are you doing that?
1: So I think <clears throat> so the key also is to just reach out to people immediately after because engage is fresh on everyone's mind and so you know I I filmed and actually tomorrow I i am launching the wedding buzz oh another wedding buzz episode and it's with philip van nostrand who we were just talking about and he uh we filmed that in the bahamas at engage and so that for me was part strategy of being able to film at, at, at engage someone who was there and then to be able to send it out um to everybody that was that was at engage you know there's this hashtag going around that's it's hashtag because of engage This wedding buzz episode is because of Engage. So for me to be able to put that out there for people to see my work and what I do, and um, people will really connect with that. And so it's it's about putting yourself back out there immediately after Engage. I think if you wait too long, then you sort of get kind of lost back in the mix of things. You you want to stay visible, so you want to continue to connect and. And you know, schedule lunches and meetings with people immediately after when you get back
0: yeah, that's good, that's good advice. and then I heard the the trick or like the the thing to do with engage is to constantly go or at least once a year <clears throat> so you can just continue to to be part of that
1: group. i think that I think that's right i I can see that I wasn't sure about that when i when I heard about it um, but but I think that's right you see you see some of these guys they've been there. 15 16 times. But you've also know people that have been there only four or five times and they they've had a significant impact in their business as a result. I do think you need to go more than one time, but here's the thing. Once once you go one time, you know you're going to go again. <clears throat> I think <laughs> I think that you just you see how how it benefits you and your business and why would if you know you're going to make that money back by going, then why wouldn't you go again. I'm not saying you should go yeah. to everyone, but I'm already going to, I'm already going to Nizuk. And, and let me just tell you about Nizuk, which is happening in December. I had applied to speak at Engage before I went to the first one, not because I thought I would get picked because it's rare that you will get picked to speak if you've never been to Engage, but I wanted to be visible. I wanted them to know that I exist. What resulted in that was them coming back saying, we don't have a speaking engagement for you, but in looking at your work, we love what you're doing with the wedding buzz. And we would like that to be part of the media lounge. And the media lounge is where people get to sort of showcase, you know, you have the knot there, you have style Me pretty there. You kind of get to showcase what you're doing outside of, uh, like outside of me planning weddings, I have the wedding buzz where, you know, it's sort of, it's like a video, it's like a video podcast. And so that's part of that. That's a form of media. And that resulted in them being able to hook me up with my ticket for engage. So I have to pay now for room and, and plane ticket, but that was me putting myself out there. Um, And I've already, for me, I've already seen the benefits of engage just, just by applying to speak, you know,
0: that's amazing. Well, congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, Thank you. That's awesome. So can you share, as we start to wrap up, like, can you share your three best tips on how to work with luxury wedding planners? I know you were giving a bunch before, like, be sort of in the room, but don't take up too much time. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe you can just give some of your three or, like, even your best tips. doesn't have to be.
1: Yeah. Um, stay professional, obviously. I mean, some of these things are, it, what I'm going to say, it's without saying, but, um I tell my clients all the time, I don't give a shit how great a photographer is, how great their work is. You have to meet them in person because you have to genuinely like them because you're going to, they're going to be in your face for, you know, nine hours. And if you meet them and if you think that they're like too much or too intense, then let's move on to another photographer who, uh, has really good you know, great work, but you like them as a person. So I think on the day of stay professional, um, be likable to your clients, uh, keep yeah, keep your personali- personality in check on day of, don't make it about you and be mindful that you're part of a big team. I think that sometimes uh, photographers, they really want their shot. And I totally get that, it's, it's what they do. Um, And I'm really generous in my timeline with photographers. I'll always like hook them up with more time that they need, but sometimes that can be a little challenging. And, and I find that sometimes photographers may not respect the timeline. And so just be mindful that, you know, you're part of a larger team. And I think once people get that from you, then, then that's, you're already a a pretty easy sell as long as your work is amazing.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Ah. Jose, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much. So many good tips in there. I probably should go buy my Engage ticket right now. I
1: think you should. (laughs) Then we could like, you know, we could drink and party together and then, you know, go go rest for 20 minutes by the beach and and, uh, (laughs) talk about how exhausted we are. I
0: I love it. I love it. So let's tell everybody uh, where they can find out more about you, your services, watch the wedding buzz and say hello online.
1: Great. Um, So anybody can go to Jose Rolone events.com and my Instagram, it's all pretty easy on all my social. It's, you know, Instagram. My Instagram is at Jose Rolone events. My Facebook is facebook.com Jose Rolone events. Same thing with Twitter, Jose Rolone events. And I have a YouTube channel where I showcase my, wedding buzz episodes and for those who don't know who that is what that is it's basically where i sit down with a vendor for 45 minutes on video and i knock it down to uh it used to be 60 seconds but it's now 120 seconds of interview and then 120 seconds of bloopers and that's what everybody seems to really love and get a kick out of so i just put everything just created the youtube channel for it so it's youtube.com jose Roland events and that's where you can find me
0: Cool. Yeah, I'll put all this in the show notes so you guys can just click on the links, go visit uh, Jose and tell him that you listen to the podcast. Thank you again for being a guest and we'll talk to you soon. Great. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much.
0: Well, that's it you guys what an incredible show today a huge shout out and a big thank you to jose for being our guest today i'm so excited to have you on the show um thank you so much for being here it was so much fun and i'm probably going to go to engage just because of our interview if you guys want to find out more about jose and Say hi online and let him know that you listen to the podcast, you can visit his website at JoseRolonEvents.com, And he's Jose Relon Events on every single platform, including Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And I will link all this information in the show notes. So you guys can just click on the link and say hello. So thank you so much for being here. I hope you liked today's episode and I can't wait to share our next cup of tea together. Bye you guys. Thank <music> you.